everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This morning, your co-host Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You're listening to episode 87 of the Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was My Name Is Judge. So, Frank, um, what'd you come up with for My Name Is Judge? I was going to try and be clever, so I was looking at movies that involved like litigation or courtrooms or whatever. Mm, my cousin Vinny. I'm never mm. watching my cousin fucking Vinny again. Um. Until you make me watch it on the movie Chris loves with Frank. Oh, we're never doing a top five list again. Frank, get out of here. Has mild distaste for it. Um, we're doing a top five list on Friday. Uh, I know. About? I'm just. I got to watch all these goddamn horror movies. Yeah, on your phone. No, I can. I, I have another television. And my I'm... television died. Full disclosure, and it's really annoying. It's like the big TV in my living room. So now I gotta. Watch movies on my moderately smaller television from the comfort of my bed, like a fucking troglodyte. It's annoying. I know. It's a hell of a life. <clears throat> it is. Anyway, so I also intended to watch multiple um, Judge Reinhold movies, um, but I watched one and that was enough for me. So we're going to talk about that one. I had enough Judge Reinhold from this one movie. Right. So the movie we're going to talk about is 1987. Mm. Hold on. I, I lost it. I'm sorry. 1984's Roadhouse 66, um, which also stars Willem Dafoe, Kate uh, Vernon, uh, Alan Autry, I don't know, some other people. Have you mm. ever seen this movie? I ha- I'm looking at it now. Like, I... I don't remember this, but that doesn't mean I didn't see it as a child. This is a movie that exists because Steven Spielberg and George Lucas inspired a whole generation of filmmakers to care about a generation that nobody else cares about anymore. So now there's like all these, like the boy in blue and fucking, I don't know. Anyway. Right. So the premise of this movie is Judge Reinhold is the son of a wealthy New York businessman. He's just graduated from business school back east. His his gift for graduation was a 55 Thunderbird, and he is traveling across country on his way to a business meeting in California because him and his father have recently bought an entire franchise of fast food restaurants called Pork Boy. Okay. Oh. Which there's constant references made to in this movie about their pork cubes that they sell. I don't know. Um. Pork themed fast food restaurant. Not sure, like how how far that would. Everything go. about the podcast now is food. I get it. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> um. So he's driving on fabled Route sixty six in mm. wherever that is, Arizona. Yeah. Um. Another classical car, which they never name by name, so I don't know what it is because I don't know cars. Drives up next to him with three hoodlums, self described hoodlums inside. Um, you'll later find out the hoodlums' names are Hoot, Dink, and Moss. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hoot is Alan Autry, and um, he pulls out a revolver and shoots um, Judge Reinhold's radiator, um, which causes him to obviously not be able to drive the car anymore. Um, so he pulls off the side of the road, and he hooks up with the... Um, uh, Willem Dafoe character um, who is Johnny Hart uh, you find out through the course of the movie that Johnny Hart is a former famous Wrestling. rock and roll musician not Jimmy Mouth of the South Hart Johnny mm-hmm. Hart he's a former um, rock and roll musician um, and his partner was killed in an auto accident which leads to Johnny Hart never wanting to drive a car and or play a guitar again for some reason <laughs> That's tragic. Okay. It is really tragic. But um he just kind of wanders around, I guess, like Route 66. <laughs> so they hook up and become friends somehow, even though Judge Reinhold has no personality whatsoever. And um Defoe is just kind of like like a poor man's um James Dean. Mm. Um they meet this woman who owns the local auto repair shop. Um, that's Jesse. Um, they try to convince her to replace, uh, oh, Judge Reinhold's name is Beckman Hallsgood in the <laughs> annals of names that are not names that any human being ever has. Right. Right. Um, 
she's obviously attracted to Willem Dafoe, but she doesn't want to do it because it's too late. And then when they finally convince her to, oh, so then Hoot comes in and um, Beckman Hallsgood gets all up in his, you know, feelings because Hoot shot at his car earlier. And even though he's outnumbered and Hoot is obviously like this, like much larger, more physically mature man, um, tries to pick a fight with him and gets his ass beat. Mm. Um, so then they take pity on him and they're like, okay, let's get you a radiator, but there's no radiator. So it turns out that Jesse's sister, Melissa, that's the Kate Bernie character. She's in town cause she's on, she's graduating from business school at like junior college back East as well. Mm. So obviously there's romantic interest between her and Beckman Hall's good and romantic interest between, um, Jesse and the Willem Dafoe character. Well, she graduated um, from business school. She could help him with that pork fast food business. Well, that actually comes up at some point. There's a conversation about that. Of course it does. Right. Um, this movie is fucking bogus. Uh, All right. So hold up. on. I, I, let me ask a question here. Like, So you, you said they take pity on him and help him get a radiator. Is Hoot involved in helping him? No, 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 no. Oh, no. okay. Who 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 beats his ass? Who like, and that's it. Him and shit. Okay, and then leaves, and it's Melissa who's like taking a liking to him. Okay, all right. Okay. So and it says like, oh, we should help him out, and so they try to, but they need to order a radiator, and he has to get his father to wire money via Western Union so he can afford to fix his car because he only has thirty three dollars in his pocket. Because Hoot also goes outside and, like, tosses the inside of his car and steals his wallet and stuff. <laughs> oh, Hoot. So, Willem Dafoe and Judge Reinhold, um, they decide they're going to stay the night. So, they go to a local junkyard and sleep in a car together, like Willem Dafoe in the front seat and Hoot in the back seat. Uh-huh. The next morning, this grizzled old man who owns the junkyard comes and accosts them at shock- with a shotgun. And tells them they got to get out. But um, fucking James Dean wannabe Willem Dafoe like talks him down. And then he finds out that Hoot and gang have been harassing them. So he's like, well, let me help you find a radiator here because we can get it for cheap. So they do. Mm-hmm. And they fix his T-Bird. But then he finds out about this like Route 66 auto race that happens every year. That Hoot wins every year. And so now Beckman wants to like enter this race and beat Hoot. Um so they decide to stick around town because now they're like they're both like falling for these two women. So there's one of the worst things in the history of early 80s movies that want so badly to be set in the 1950s, which is the auto repair montage where people are like working on a car together, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like Christine or Greece or whatever. I mean, there's so many. Right. Um, so it's really boring. So they're getting this car all souped up and Moss, um, who's actually like the third wheel of the hoodlums because nobody cares about Moss and Moss is um kind well, of he, has, he has a real name, so I don't know if his real name is Moss, I think he might be something else. But they call anyway. So he sees them fixing the car and he goes and tells Hoot that that's what's happening. And so Hoot sneaks over to the junkyard and lights their car on fire, hmm. which causes Sam, the old man, to get trapped inside the barn and die. Um, this is happening when both couples are on double dates and having sex and having incredibly graphically non-graphic sex scenes where there's no real nudity shown but it's like side nudity and like quarter view nudity where you don't see anything but you see like graphically them thrusting into each other <laughs> okay it's really uh-huh. off-putting and it, it lasts for far too long it's like maybe like three minutes a movie is just like weird uncomfortable like copulation so adding that one. Oh, oh boy um so anyway, so they rush back and Sam's dead and everyone's all upset. And then, you know, of course, Willem Dafoe, he's got to run. And Binkman is like, or Berkman or whatever his fucking name is, Beckman is like, all you ever do is run from your problems. You just always got to run away. 
and Willem Dafoe's like, you don't know nothing about me, and like goes to punch him, but then he can't bring himself to do it. So then he runs away, of course. Um, so Beckman um decides that he's gonna still run in the race, so he takes Jesse's uh, Mustang, some like 1960 something Mustang. Oh, because the whole conceit of this Buffalo of the Roadhouse 66 race is that you have to race in a car that was made before 1966. Mm. They also say this several times as if you're an idiot and can't remember the basic premise that was introduced in the first like 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Because there's really nothing else going on in this movie. There's also two sets in this movie. One is the roadhouse where a lot of the oh I'm sorry, there's the roadhouse, there's the um scrapyard and then there's like the town like square which is like two streets and a couple of uh, buildings. Mm. Um, anyway, so he gets in the Mustang and he's going to go race and Hoot sees him there. And, oh, there's a point where um, the reason that they knew that the barn was getting set on fire was because Moss was spying on um, Beckman and uh, the other girl, Melissa or whatever, um, mm-hmm. having sex. And then told him, like, hey, who's going to go, like, light your barn on fire? And so that's how they were able to get there, even though they weren't able to, like, stop him or save anybody. And mind you, Hoot has murdered a man now. Right. And it's implied that this has happened before. But everybody's like, oh, you can't do nothing because his dad's a judge in Shelbyville or whatever. Um, (laughs) Fucking Hoot is every crime. Yeah, he really does. Vehicular manslaughter, um, arson, homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also implied that he's not only a rapist, but maybe possibly like an underage woman rapist mm. at some point. So there's a lot of bad things that are like ascribed to. <laughs> so they're going to race. So they're in their cars, like, do you know? And who comes over and he's goes over to Beckman. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, let's just like let this whole thing go. Let bygones be bygones. We can be friends. And Beckman's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, I don't know if you understand how insufferable Judge Reinhold is. Like when he's I like for- trying to act or something. Yeah, I yeah. I forget about how bad it is, but it's really bad. And in this movie, it's just a bunch of him talking like this. Um, I have the right to race in that race. Uh, I I'm my father is going to wire me the money. Like, and I don't know, just awful. So really, Hoot's going over there to plant a scorpion on him. Um, as a way to like get him to like wreck, I guess. So, yeah. So who, who puts a little scorpion in his car? Um, which they flash to like every five seconds of the race. Like, oh my god, when is the scorpion gonna rear its head? But we'll get to that. So, it's Hoot and Dink and Beckman, and a couple of like nobodies. And then Moss's car pulls up, and Hoot's like, "Yeah, Moss, you run interference on that side." But you know who's in Moss's car? Willem Dafoe. Oh. Because there was a scene that I forgot to talk about <laughs> where Hoot shot a pistol at Moss because he said that Moss betrayed him and he was out of the gang. Mm. Then he was back in the gang when they needed him, but now he's out of the gang again because he's off on the side giving him the old, like, you know, up the wazoo salute. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they start the race. Um, so they're racing, and Dink and Beckman are in the fastest cars. So the thing is that you drive from the town that they're in to the next town over, and then you turn around there and drive back to the first town again. Does that make sense? Yes. You're basically doing like a U. Yeah. Um. So Dink and Beckman are racing, but Beckman outmaneuvers Dink, and Dink slides into some bales of hay, which do no obvious or apparent damage to his car, but yet somehow stop his car from working and cause him to like throw a temper tantrum and beat his fists against the steering wheel. Awesome. So Beckman's zooming away and he's far ahead of Willem Dafoe and then Hoot. Um, but then when Beckman's driving, he looks over and there's a scorpion on his shoulder <laughs> and he goes, oh, like that. And he flicks it and it goes out the window because you never see the scorpion again and it doesn't do anything. But that causes him to like run off the road, which causes his engine to explode. So now he's yeah. he's out of luck. So Willem Dafoe and Hoot are driving, like racing back, and they see Beckman and Willem Dafoe pulls over and he's like, Get in. So Beckman gets in, and this takes like 15, 20 seconds, but yet somehow they're immediately caught right back up with Hoot again. Oh, okay. I guess maybe he slowed down a little bit to like increase the dramatic tension. Wow. 
Um, so they're neck and neck down Route 66, and Hoot like throws beer at him, but that doesn't work. Then you see Hoot pulling out the pistol like real slow, like so everybody can see it. And Beckman's like, "No!" And he grabs the wheel and pulls it over, and they run into Hoot. And Hoot drives up on the side of a cliff and flips over and possibly is dead, <laughs> but is at least like maimed. So because his car is upside down, so then they win and everyone celebrates. And then for some reason, even though everyone in the both towns is sitting in the town square celebrating with Beckman and Willem Dafoe, an ambulance goes to pick up Hoot because I guess people just assume that something's mm-hmm. happened, but like no one would know that Hoot's like hurt, but that happens anyway. Um, so then the end of the movie is um Willem Dafoe and Jesse are gonna go to Phoenix because well he's decided to become a rock singer again and drive cars even though he had decided to give both of them up and beckman and um melissa are going to go together because they're in love um and i guess they're going to go open these pork boy restaurants so let me tell you about this one scene that i glossed over because this is the scene that best encapsulates this fucking movie um so there's a scene where they're in the roadhouse and um they've gotten in a big fight and they've kind of trashed the place and so Willem Dafoe is trying to make nice with this crotchety old woman who runs the roadhouse. And everyone, the whole movie is trying to get him because people recognize him because he was a famous rock and roll singer, mm-hmm. supposedly, um, at the time. So he's like, I'm going to make it up to you guys. And he gets up on stage and he grabs a guitar and he sings this song. And the song he sings is a song called Marie Marie. And Marie Marie, I looked up, and it was a song that was apparently, I guess, written for this movie. Okay. Um, Or it's it's a song by a group called The Blasters, which I don't know who those people are, but it looks like to me that it was written for the movie. And it is the word, like, so you're supposed to imply that, like, this is this, like, number one smash hit that Johnny Hart and his partner, like, sang before the accident. And that everyone's just waiting for Johnny Hart to sing the song again. Like the house band of the Roadhouse is like, oh, Johnny, you come up on stage. You know, you really help us out by by, by playing with us. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) So he gets up on stage and he sings this fucking song. And the song doesn't even rhyme. I'm going to try and emulate to you for the first couple of verses. But it's like, listen to this shit. It's like, jang, 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 you know, with the guitar. And mm-hmm. then it's Willem Dafoe, who you're supposed to, like, Willem Dafoe was the weirdest looking dude on the best of days. And even in his youth, looks like fucking Gollum with a toupee. And you're supposed to think this is like some kind of heartthrob. So he's 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 up there singing with this fake Elvis. Marie Marie, playing guitar on the back porch. I sit in my car while she sings so sad. Marie Marie. That's really how the song goes. It's terrible. And it's Jeez. like this for verse after verse. And the chorus is, I said, hey, pretty girl, don't you understand? I just want to be your loving man. Mm. And I, the song is like 22 minutes long. It's like a quarter of the movie is this fucking song. And you're supposed to be like, yeah, like I can see why this guy was popular. But let me tell you something. You never can. Like, it's the worst fucking. What was the greaser version of Hee Haw? Do you know what I'm talking about when we were little kids? Um, no. They're in, I mean, they're, I probably do. They're, they're in Greece. Fuck, I can't remember what they're called. My mom makes, like, references to this group. Um, it was some... They're like a doo-wop band. But they're greasers? Yeah. Uh, um oh yeah 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 my mom's so, the concert yeah they're like shanana mm-hmm. but it's that but it's like rockabilly like i'm in my 57 something or other yeah oop yeah i don't know i, I looked I, up the blasters you you know another song of theirs what is it dark night it's the opening to um from dust till dawn like that opening credit sequence. Oh boy! Well, that's probably what they were inspired by. Is this fucking movie? <laughs> Tarantino, maybe, maybe. 
Oh boy, that sounds something, Frank. Yeah, so I had I was gonna watch um Running Scared um with what's his name? Ken Wall. I don't know if you know that movie. Do you know Running Scared with Ken Wall and Judge Reinhold? No, I know my running scared with no, Gregory Hines and Billy this is, Crystal. Nah, this is different than that. Okay. I also know the running um, scared with Paul Walker. That is a remake of this. I okay. Think. I'm pretty sure. Or is at least inspired by this. I watched five minutes of it and fell asleep and woke up and Judge Reinhold, I believe, was dead in the movie. And I was like, there's no point in going back. So I just never watched anymore. Okay. There's actually a shitload of Judge Reinhold movies that are on um, Tubi. And oh, I can't even look now because my fucking TV. That's so sad. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What What do you want to know? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so this was enough. And, you know, you made your point and I had to watch Judge Reinhold. I I <laughs> honestly, I honestly, when I put it on there, I didn't even think about watching Judge Reinhold movies, even though it's a reference to Judge Reinhold. I really thought like you would take the opportunity to watch some sort of like legal like type no. thing. I felt like the only thing I could do was this. Like a judge attempting to get a, like somebody's assa- oh, I, and I assassinate found, a judge or something. I found plenty of those movies. I found mm-hmm. some ones in the Old West. I actually thought about watching Judge Roy Bean mm. again because I actually enjoy that movie. Mm. So the director of this, I don't know if you looked him up. Probably the yeah, thing he's most famous I for, I would think, is directing Bad to the Bone, the Bad to the Bone video. Like there was something else I knew him from. He also directed the uh, Redemption Song video by Bob Marley and with the What's Love Got to Do With It um, 84-like video for Tita Turner. Um, he, tur- he, he turned that into this this short-lived movie career. Um, directed that and something called Kid, which has no Wikipedia link in 1990. He also directed Martha Stewart Living in 1991. Mm. <laughs> uh, so what's the chagrin chagrin score on this one, Frank? It sounds kind of high. It's a hard eight, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing really happens, and it feels like I think maybe I, I don't know. I maybe if you care about like I don't know. It's like Hoot is so unbelievable as a villain because he just gets away with everything. And Beckman says at one point, like, how is he allowed to get away with this stuff? And somebody's like, eh, it's just always kind of been that way. And, you know, <laughs> his dad's a judge over in the other town and, you know, he just can kind of do whatever he wants. So it's like there's no real reason for Hoot to be this, like, big badass right. guy that runs the town except that everyone's too lazy to do anything about it. I mean, Hoot's one of the best villains that we've probably talked about. Um, and by best, I mean maybe one of the worst. But I like it's 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 pretty it's a pretty good villain. I mean, it's a gimmick. Yeah. And it's the name of... Hoot by itself is just like hilarious for Hoot and Dink. Yeah, Hoot and Dink are good. Are they're they're something. Dink reminds me of um Kiefer Sutherland in the Lost Boys. Actually, mm. he was in um Full Metal Jacket too. That actor. Yeah, this Alan Altry guy is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's um, who. Yeah, like started out like as a football player and got cut by the Packers like pretty early on and then ends up in an acting career and then ends up the mayor of Fresno at some point. Oh, Dink is Rafter Man from Full Metal Jacket, if you're familiar. Uh, let me look him up. Rafter Man is um, the guy that's... Uh... Matthew Modine's friend that oh yeah they hook up with yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah that's yep. Dink yeah that's uh, actually a pretty pretty sizable role in that movie sure considering nothing else in his filmography is sizable at all yeah I like mean Alan J- Autry JD is... on an episode of TJ Hooker <laughs> Alan Autry is pretty good as um uh as um Oot. Okay. 
that's something. How I mean, I would classify Willem Dafoe as like one of like the best actors of the past, you know, thirty some years or whatever. Like however long his career's been now, forty some years, I guess. Um, like I know it's it's a pretty dumb role, like Johnny Hart, the the walk-in musician. But I mean, is is Dafoe just like is he just not Dafoe yet? In this, it's just not a real movie. It's not a real role. I mean, right, it's okay. like everything is just a caricature. Oh man, Alan Autry was in Southern Comfort. Hmm. That's a movie we're going to talk about someday. Okay. Do you know about Southern Comfort? Uh, I feel like I heard of it. Um, at different points in my life, but I don't know anything about it. It's like pseudo deliverance. Okay. It's got Powers Booth and Fred Ward and um, Keith Carradine and, I don't know, a bunch of people. And Alan Autry is in it. Um, Brian James is in it. Oh, fuck. I remember that. I remember the movie cover. Yeah. It's 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 pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I do remember that movie cover from the video store. And uh, what was that? There's something else I was going to follow up with. Um, ah, shit. It's lost me now. Um, all right, part eight. So, do you want to? Uh, I should have this pulled up. Do you want to see what you get for next week then? Yeah, roll it, all spin right. it, whatever. <laughs> nope. All right. Oh, nope. Right. What episode of the spin sugar do is this? This is 87. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Next week's category is 70s canon. Next week's category is 70s canon. Oh, that's nice. Oh, I actually just put a movie on my watch list. Um that was 70s canon, so that works out. Nice easy week for you. You can watch like fucking 15 probably movies or something. I cannot. I don't have a TV to watch. <laughs> I mean, unless I go, you know, 40 unless... feet around the corner. Right. Or DoorDash the the big screen tomorrow. It's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. Why are you not doing that? Because it doesn't I'd rather, make any sense. I'd rather just go on Wednesday to a store and pick one out. Okay. Because it'll save me money and time, honestly. Sure. And I have to work late tomorrow anyway, so it's not going to watch anything. I mean, you, you could even make it easier on yourself of, like, just ordering it online. Then when you go there, just go to, like, the thing, and they'll just, like, have it, like, there ready for you. Like You know, so this is going to sound crazy when I say this, so please forgive it. I kind of want to, like, look at the things in real life and mm. compare, like, mm-hmm. as opposed to just buying something sight unseen. I can see that. I feel like that didn't suit my purposes last time, so mm-hmm. I'd rather... Not that I dislike this TV before it stopped working, which I like completely dislike it. I also bought a new power cord because one of the things I read is it can just be as simple as the power cord going sure. out. And a new power cord for it was like $7 on Amazon. So I'd rather like try that and see if that fixes the problem, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. move on from there. Yeah, understood. I mean, I was troubleshooting and everything. I didn't just like, ah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm not even like super upset about it. It's just annoying. I'm you know, surprisingly we're... calm. <laughs> uh, you are. Well, you have another TV. Like, I mean, I do. Like, if it was just the one TV, I think, like, and my telephone TV. and two laptops. So it's right. like I don't have a way to right, leave. right. Um. All right, I guess we should move on to food chat here. I do just want to say really quick. Um, so the quick cage, when that was done, uh-huh. it predated that like cage revival. You understand like that, like really intense, like cage revival that has like led into like cage being like, oh, wacky cage. Everybody loves Nick Cage again. Like, you know, it's this, this renaissance. I was like looking like I was thinking the day about um Ashton Kutcher and I started thinking we did stealth earlier this year. You know what happened like within a few months of like us like talking about stealth? Um 
I don't know. Jamie Foxx like ended up having like that blood clot stroke thing and like almost like dying. Um, you, the gangster, the cop, and the devil. You know what happened within a couple months of us talking about that? Ended up on Peacock, of all things. Like, randomly. It's a 2019 movie. Ended up on Peacock, like, for, for no reason whatsoever. Like, this movie that, like, not a lot of people, I don't think, like, really, like, know that movie. Like, you know, um, that it even exists. The Rock, we talked about last week. What happens in this past week? Two days later, The Rock shows up on SmackDown. Exactly. Ashton Kutcher. You do a damn category. Ashton Kutcher is serious. You know what happens to Ashton Kutcher like a few weeks later? Oh, I know. <laughs> getting 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 bitch slapped from his uh, uh chairman um of like the whatever it is anti child abuse like organization. Um, we talk about Subway. We start talking about Subway. What happens? They sell for ten billion dollars. Right. I'm just saying, like advertisers need to like like don't look at the numbers. Like just look at like the track record. Like um. We make things happen. Can I tell you something? What's that? There are <laughs> there are nine canon movies in the nineteen seventies. That's it. Yeah, that's all. Uh huh. Huh. Have you seen all of them? Uh uh uh. Just a couple. Okay. I mean, there's a couple that I never would have watched. Right. Well, <laughs> oh my God, this is getting hilarious. Here's here's a line from the description: the film's title song was performed by Kate Bush. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's all the rage. <clears throat> Kate Bush. Well, last year, two years ago, yeah, whatever it was. <clears throat> all right, so we are talking about ground beef for, yeah. for the chat tonight. I feel I feel like it's all coming. It's definitely coming to an end. Um, no, there's so much we could talk about. If we're talking about ground beef. Uh, all right. So before we get into like all the uses of ground beef, I got a question for you. And this is my question. This is not a, mm. it's not a chat question. If you could only use ground beef for one thing for the rest of your life, and that's it. That's all you can use ground beef for. What are you making and why? Chili. Chili? Yeah. Why? Because it's quick and versatile and mm -hmm. it's good with like so many different scenarios. Mm -hmm. Like as a side dish on top of your hot dogs, as a main course, to freeze, to eat for later, to share with people. Mm -hmm. You can do it so many different ways, you know? Yeah. You didn't Chili's mention amazing. my favorite way. Chili. On is top of nachos. Cornbread. Oh. Yeah. Make cornbread and put cornbread in the bitch and break it up. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that, but that's that's fine. That's good. Awful. It's awful that I'm not a fan. Yes. I don't like um, putting things in my chili. Every every your chili is all kinds of things in your chili. No, no, no. You'd misunderstand me. The chili is a conglomeration of a bunch of different things together to make a delicious meal. <laughs> I don't like to put things outside of those things into my chili. Have you ever thought about like if do you not like it on top of nachos or do you like it? Sure, on that's fine. What if you put nachos in the chili? No, that's ridiculous. No, I don't know. Some people, I, it's not ridiculous. I mean, it's fine. People do that. It's just not for me. <laughs> I told you the Midwest thing, right? The peanut butter sandwich in the chili. Yes. Yeah. I could actually, I think, see that working the more I think about it. All right. So they like it. So chili. So let's just get chili. Let's talk about chili. Like, right, um, let's do it. Like, what's your, what is, okay. So let me think here. What's the best chili you've ever had? What's the best chili you've ever made? If those aren't the same thing. Um, and what is your chili preparation usually? Um, hmm. The best chili I ever had was at this little restaurant in uh, Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, I can't remember like the name of the restaurant or the context of being there, but 
I'd gone to lunch with someone I worked because I used to work up there at Regal Cinemas, and we had mm-hmm. gone to lunch. Um, and they, they served the chili in a bread bowl, and it was a simple enough like presentation, but flavorful and amazing. And I don't know, I, just really good chili. Okay. I don't have any other reason like why it was such good chili. A lady at work made chili the other night, and it was really thin chili. And I thought it was going to be gross, but it was actually really flavorful. Like thin, like in the sense of like watery kind of? Yeah, like a soup almost. Oh, I don't like that. Okay. I know. I thought I was very hesitant, and she like insisted I try it. It's like doing like a Bloody Mary that's thin or something. I know. It was weird, but it was was Mm -hmm. good. It was pretty delicious. Hmm. Okay. Um, So... What's the my chili? chili? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've made different good chilies to great chilies in the past, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my best chili is I do um some sort of like steak, like New York strip usually, and I'll cube it. Um pan sear it, and then I deglaze the pan, and then I cook um, you know, my aromatics, so my onions, um, bell pepper um in the pot in the pot and then i add ground beef and i my trick to ground beef is i put the ground beef in whole like just as a like the whole patty of ground beef right um and i let it sear and then i break it up from there so instead of being like really like granulated and it's like chunky um i'll also take different kinds of peppers so usually ancho poblano um anaheim uh chipotle and i roast them in the oven with olive oil salt and pepper until they're tender and then i puree them and then i add them into my chili along with tomato sauce um crushed tomatoes tomato paste and then a spice blend which is a combination of like salt pepper um a few different kinds of chili powders um paprika uh, turmeric um cumin oregano a little bit of basil um some other seasoning and i stir all that together and i cook it slow and low for a long time okay it's pretty good you know you put the steak back in so the steak even though it's like seared to hold in the flavor it like cooks really long in the uh, sauce and it's, it's pretty delicious and sometimes i'll take like a couple of whole jalapenos and slice them thin and then put them in and cook them with the sauce so they cook down so you get like the nice little crunch that's it. That's my chili. Okay. Um. Oh, and um, Worcestershire. Um, a little bit, like a couple of tablespoons of that, and sometimes like a tablespoon or two of honey mixed in. Dad, like a slight, a slight yeah. amount of sweetness. That makes sense. I actually buy this um hot honey. I don't know what makes it hot, but it's like spicy the honey, and it's pretty good. Okay. It's getting like twelve dollars a bottle though. Which I guess is pretty cheap for honey when you think about it. Yeah, honey honey can be is pretty expensive, so um like just normally. What's your most controversial ground beef opinion, do you think? You got any? I know you're you got all kinds <sighs> of hot takes on food. On ground beef? Yeah. Hmm. What do you what 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 uses ground beef that you like don't like? And would be considered abnormal. I don't know. I like pretty much everything that uses ground beef. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of Salisbury steak, but that's well, right, more right. of like a ridiculous yeah. hot take than right. You know, because I like a hamburger steak, and which is just Salisbury steak, but called something different. Right. And without the gravy on top. All right. How. I don't, I feel, okay, here, here's some, like, ground beef gets used a lot in, like, different types of casseroles. You're yeah. not a casserole person, are you? No, I like casseroles, right? Yeah. I grew up with, like, casseroles. Cause that's what well, I'm right. Having. For some reason, I have a feeling, though, that might, like, push you away from casseroles. No, nah, when I was a burgeoning cook, like, in my youth, I used to make a ground beef casserole. Okay. That was um ground beef, uh, rice, cheese, and pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Mixed together with like a little bit of like tomato sauce just to kind of add some um whatever like creaminess to it, I guess. Or okay. And I would like cook that together and then put more cheese on top and stir it all together and it was pretty good. 
right. I mean, it's very simple. There wasn't anything to it, but it was like cheap and easy to make. You know what's funny about casseroles is that I find it's more expensive to make a casserole now than it is just to like cook something separately because like buying so many ingredients to combine together. Like we don't live in the age where that stuff is affordable anymore. We've I don't know. It could, yeah. I, I mean, I think it probably depends on the casserole. I mean, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot that are probably are too expensive. But I mean, when I was a kid, and this isn't a casserole necessarily, but you think of something like, like baked ziti, right? Like right. my family would make baked ziti all the time because it was so inexpensive to buy noodles, cheese, you know, some ground beef, like all that stuff mixed together was probably like five or six dollars. And you had a meal that would last like a dinner and then like several lunches. And man, like I made baked ziti about a month ago and I swear to God, it cost me like $40 to make baked ziti. I could have just gone and bought a whole tray of baked ziti from fucking like Pat's and it would have been cheaper right? than right. it was for me to like assemble the ingredients to spend the time cooking. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fairly accurate. I mean... I don't know. I have to. I'll price it next time. I like. I make lasagna or something like that and see. It's more um, expensive than you think. No, I mean, I'm sure. I made, probably I is, made yeah. chili for work a couple months ago, and it was like I think like seventy dollars to make a pot of chili. It was crazy. Mm. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it works out overall, probably price wise for us because we can eat off of it for you know a few days. Um, but. Um, yeah, for like, oh, like, I don't know, whatever your, your nuclear family, like your family of four or something like that. I, I, but yeah, it probably like the price It probably, uh, you're it's not affordable. Like once you start breaking down, like how many meals you get out of it. Um, all right, let's, uh, move on to a couple other common uses of ground beef. What's, what's, what's okay. So if you, you can't make chili, what's your second use of ground beef? Meatloaf, probably. Okay. I like making a good meatloaf. Um, it's a sore subject with me right now, but yeah, go ahead. Why? I my meatloafs aren't turn. I I'm getting really frustrated with my meatloafs, and I don't know what's going on. Like last two times, I tried to make them like the cook time. Like I don't know something. Something's wrong. Like, and I haven't changed anything, but it's like the inside's like taking a long time to fucking get done. And I don't um, understand what's going on so i'll tell you my meatloaf like general meatloaf recipe i do um you know usually like pound and a half of um usually a pound of ground beef and then like half a pound of ground veal or ground pork mixed together mm -hmm. um and i make you know like i mix it with just salt pepper oregano um and then I make a well, and I do one whole egg and one egg yolk into that. Right. Um, and then, like, half a cup of breadcrumbs and mm -hmm. half a can of tomato paste. And I mix all that together. I don't use any onions or peppers or anything right. inside the meatloaf. Um, and then I just, I have a loaf pan, and I just form it into a loaf inside the loaf pan. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if it's the breadcrumbs, honestly, that I have. I, I, I'm i going to, next time I try it again, I, I wonder if there's... What kind of breadcrumbs are you using? Oh, whatever the fuck they're called, like 4C or... What's the name of those? Oh, yeah, that's it, 4C. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I also then will take and I make my own, like... I mean, you do the same thing because you use, like, a barbecue sauce on top usually, right? Yeah, yep. I just take the remaining tomato paste and I make, like, a... Like, vinegar... Um, a little bit of water, uh, some different like seasonings, like, you know, chili powders and paprika and stuff and mix it together and kind of like make like a thick, like chili paste and I'll spread it on top of the meatloaf. Right. That's good. Um, yeah. I don't know. And then I just cook it like 400 degrees for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, that's, the, that's normally what I do. I mean, like, yeah, but yeah. I don't know what's been going on. Do you put this. onions and peppers inside it? I put onions inside, yeah. See, I feel like when you put vegetables inside it, it makes it too moist and it causes it to fall apart. Hmm. Like I don't, I, I, used I mean, to... I use, I do that and put use two eggs though. I mean, like I try to anticipate that to some degree and try to, like, do you put the tomato paste inside? 
Uh, no, no. I find like that's a pretty good bonding agent. I I use um I use ketchup because I'm my mother's son. I guess um I use a little bit of ketchup and a little bit of mustard and a little bit of barbecue sauce and like mix it in and then put barbecue sauce on top usually <clears throat> as a glaze. Yeah. So what do you do? Like, so, I mean, come on, we're, we're guidos. Like, uh, you don't, what about meatballs? Meatballs? Oh yeah, like... I do like meatballs. Yeah. Um, I don't make meatballs that much though for some reason, mm. but my meatball is pretty much the same thing as my meatloaf. I just, you know, right. We'll do it in a pan first. Um, usually, I don't know, like six or seven minutes till it gets like a starts to brown on the outside, mm-hmm. and then I transfer it into the oven with like just the sauce, and I roast it to finish it off. And then I'll put the meatballs back into the pan sauce that I made, like the red sauce, and I serve that usually with um, uh, you know, over pasta or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we already kind of talked about pasta dishes to some degree. Um, but I, so you use ground beef just in lasagna or do you, what do you use for ziti? Uh, I like to use ground sausage actually for that stuff. Mm. Um, for your lasagna too. Well, I'll sometimes do a mixture of. Ground beef and ground sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Usually, like I like that layered together. Gotcha. I prefer to do. Um, I like to do sliced Italian sausage. Yep. Like Sweet rings, or hot. Uh, hot always. Okay. Rings of hot Italian sausage. Um, ziti though, I'll usually do like a hot or sweet like ground italian sausage instead of the ground beef see i actually in ziti i like do like thinly sliced usually a mixture of hot and sweet like in ziti or lasagna i just use ground beef most of the time um let's see tacos Oh do yeah, you, I love do you tacos. tend to use ground beef with tacos, or uh, do you use like steak or like steak tacos I, or what? That's I I if I'm gonna use anything, if I'm gonna use something other than ground beef, I make fajitas, not tacos. Okay. Um, I make my own taco seasoning from scratch. Okay. Um, so for tacos, I brown the ground beef, um, in the pan, um, drain it a little bit, and then I'll put in like a tiny bit of water, um. Again, like tomato, like a little bit of tomato paste, and then basil, oregano, um, a few different kinds of chili powder, uh, cumin, um, a little bit of cinnamon, salt, and pepper, and I cook that down. Um, mm-hmm. Reduce it again, and then that's what I make my that's my taco taco meat. So, what kind of like so if uh, what kind of seasoning do you use if like say you're making like uh, hamburgers like with like traditionally salt, pepper, onion powder garlic powder that's it. that that's it yeah you don't do anything do you do any kind of like like weird seasoning like with any other like meals with ground beef like like weird seasoning yeah or abnormal i should say i guess <laughs> that's weird i don't know what an abnormal seasoning is i don't know anything that you think is off the i mean i'll make i make hamburger steaks sometimes so i'll okay Take like a pound of ground beef and form it into like three um, oblong shaped patties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do uh, usually thyme, rosemary, um, mm. salt, pepper, and a little bit of oregano in that together. Mm. Um, I think that's a little that's that's abnormal for me at least. I mean, I just like those those flavors together when I'm doing something. Sure. Okay. Because then I make a pan sauce, like a pan gravy with it. Right. So I do the drippings plus um, like a little bit of like beef bouillon and then typically like some kind of heavy cream or whatever to make like a cream like gravy. And I'll fry some mushrooms in there, like saute some mushrooms with it Mm -hmm. Um, and then pour that over top of the steaks. 
a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of Tabasco. Um, cook it down. It's pretty good, you know. Okay. Maybe some shallots too. Hmm. If I have shallots. Let's talk about a few uh few other things that use this and then yeah, we got we still got a couple things to talk about here. Um how do you feel about stuffed bell peppers? Oh, I like stuffed peppers. I stuff them with ground beef. Say that again? I stuff them with ground beef. Okay. Yeah. Um I just make a tomato sauce there usually and then do um the tomato sauce with uh the ground beef in it and reduce it down and then that with like layered with rice and cheese throughout. Mm-hmm. I've actually t- taken to making my stuffed peppers. I used to cut the lid off the pepper and then cut the stem off the lid. Right. And then stuff the inside of the pepper and then put the lid back on mm-hmm. with the hole in the middle. But I have now the past few times I've made stuffed peppers, I cut them in half so that I can lay the pepper flat and I just put the mixture in like all together. And I basically each single pepper creates two stuffed pepper halves, like a chili relleno almost. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Shepherd's pie. Um, yeah, I like making shepherd's pie. My my mom makes it with um a red sauce with ground beef and pepperoni, and then mm. Mm. um, I like that, like your traditional, like some vegetables, and then with the mashed potatoes and cheese mixture on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I've never. Do you like sloppy joes? Oh, I love them. I okay. Some, sloppy Joe's is one of my favorite things. I forgot about that. I can't make it that much because Frankie's been home so much and he hates Sloppy Joe's. But um, Really? Oh, what's, yeah. his, what's his problem? He doesn't like ground beef. He's pretty oh, anti-ground okay. beef. He, he's the person you should have doing this podcast for hot takes. <laughs> I think ground beef is like incredibly versatile and is a really good like way to like use ingredients you have around the kitchen. Uh-huh. Um, Frankie hates ground beef. But like I like to make sloppy like I'm I don't use like manwich or hamburger helper. I make my own sloppy joes. Sure. Um, typically just with um I mean I'm I'm you know, I just do it the cheap way. I do like, you know, a cup of ketchup, a half a cup of mustard, um, maybe a little bit of uh hot sauce and then um some of the traditional like seasonings like mustard seed, um little bit of sugar salt pepper um sometimes a little bit of honey in there just to like kind of emulsify it i mean it's pretty basic preparation probably the same exact thing that's in manwich or whatever but yeah i love to do that and then i like to do um you know get like kaiser rolls and butter them and toast them in a pan for a little bit and then put the sloppy joe on that and eat it mm-hmm. eat it open face usually okay put some uh coleslaw on top Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, it's a good move. Stuffed cabbage rolls. Um, my grandmother made something when I was a kid called pigs in the blanket. That was um boiled cabbage stuffed with a ground beef and rice blend, and then cooked in a like um vinegary tomato sauce for a long time and you would eat it and like the sauce would have this like heart like pungent taste to it and just like cut the soft cabbage apart with this like meat rice and meatball in the middle of it that was really good okay i guess maybe that's what you're talking about there's a polish word for it but i can't remember what it is yeah i'm not familiar with that word um let's see uh beef stroganoff you don't make beef stroganoff with ground beef, you monster. Well, we're, hold on. We're getting into some interesting things here. All right. Getting into some interesting things here. Um, There are people that make it with, um, apparently, with uh, ground beef. No, we, that's wrong. Hold on. We also, some people make Philly cheesesteaks with ground beef. Well, that's not a cheesesteak. Uh, who are these no? people? Who, who who the fuck is making beef stroganoff with ground beef? Uh, there's people that use it as a substitute. 
No, that's weird. For these things. You, you could not, it would be, it, it just wouldn't work. You have to use like steak for ground beef. You need the cubes of the meat to sit in the, you know, whatever for the stroganoff. I mean, Go ahead. I don't, I don't think a sub would be, it wouldn't be a cheesesteak, but you could definitely make like a good, it's almost like a chop, chop steak, right? Kind of like a chop sub is sort of like the ground beef sub, right? Right. I mean, right. that's fine with like the ground beef and then mix the cheese in with it and do kind of like a cheese sauce and then put that on a roll. That would be fine. It's not a cheese steak, but right. it'd be okay. Um, I like hamburger subs myself. Have you ever had a chopped hamburger sub? I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, they used to, I can't remember who used to sell them around here, but, um, like, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, there was some kind of like off the wall place like around here that was an Italian pizza shop that used to sell them. Um, at one point, how do you feel about this? There's people that use ground. So let me stop. Tater tot casseroles. Have you ever had a tater tot casserole? I haven't, but that sounds delicious. So the tater tot casseroles that I'm familiar with are ham cheese like cut up like um almost like a ham steak uh-huh. like chopped ham steak sure um cheese with like um and then something like green beans like mm. all in it and then it's it like me. and then tater tots like lining the top of it so, tell me these things again okay it's so you it's like things something like you do like you make like a cheese sauce or something like that or you have cheese like you know like um and then you like have like ham steak or like some sort of like you know like meat thing chicken whatever some sort of vegetable like green beans or something like that and then at the like above all that you just like basically place tater tots on top of all that and then bake it i've seen tiktok shit like that i don't believe it could be any good there's people that use ground beef in it. It's ground beef with the tater tots. And I don't like that. It's like ground beef, cheese. So I've made a thing before where I will take potatoes. Okay. And cut them into um, rounds or slivers, whatever, like mandolin mm-hmm. slices. And then blanch them and then do like a layer of potatoes. Like I have like a round like um, casserole dish. Okay. Layer of potatoes, salt, pepper, then a layer of ground beef, um, salt, pepper, onion, cheese, more potatoes, and then cheese on top of that with like, like a bechamel in it and you bake it. And the ground beef cooks almost like a hamburger in the middle of it. So it, mm-hmm. like become solid and cooks all the way through mm-hmm. and then when you cut it you're cutting it like a pie almost outside of the casserole dish mm-hmm. and it's like cheesy and it's pretty delicious okay so i can kind of see that with the, the tater tots i don't really uh, yeah. i'm not opposed to the idea of tater tots and ground beef together i don't think that's a usual like a typical combination but i also don't think it's gross or anything all right you have any other like things you like make with like ground beef uh... you can think of no for stuff like like for the that tater tot thing i would use ground sausage i think that would be the much better mm. like the jimmy dean like sage or whatever oh jimmy dean sage is good yeah you sold me i was i was i was suspicious at first but no yeah you would do that with like um i would do like an egg mixture with the cheese and then put the tater tots on top of that and almost do like a reverse quiche kind of mm-hmm. with the sausage. I think that would be pretty good. What's your most nostalgic, like childhood dish that has ground beef. You think it's hamburger steak. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, ground beef was something that you could get for super cheap. Like you'd get like the 80, 80 or whatever, 80% blend. And right. my mom used to make hamburger steaks like once every other week. Um, and it's not like like now it's actually super expensive to buy chopstick to make hamburger steaks, but back then they could make it for like nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that and probably my mom's bolognese sauce. Hmm. Um, I have a soft spot for that. Mm-hmm. Two questions about preparation. So, well, what per- like what uh, like percentage like lean fat do you go for? Like, or does it depend on what you're cooking? It depends on what I'm cooking. Okay. Um, I like a ninety ten typically. Okay. Um, if I'm making chili, I will do like an eighty five fifteen or an eighty twenty. Mm-hmm. Depending, um, especially if I'm going to put steak in it, I like like an eighty twenty because you get like, um, you can kind of like render your vegetables in that fat a little bit, and then like you just build your sauce on top of it. Um, I don't know what the percentage of like the meatloaf mix I get is. I get the one that's got the ground ground pork, ground veal, ground beef, typically. Mm, okay. Um, and I don't know what what percentage that that beef is. But typically, I'll always try and go with like the leaner ground beef for almost everything. Right. Tacos, yeah. I like as lean as possible because yeah, it's less, I do ninety three seven. Yeah, less less grease yeah. to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, like it cooks so lean, you don't even have to like drain the grease off of it. You can just kind of like use that as your yeah, like to add your sauce yeah. to and like reduce yeah. it down, and get rid of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, ninety three seven is fine. Oh. WSDW <laughs> weather. <laughs> what um do you have like any like how do you like achieve like um kind of like the 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 perfect like cook for like ground beef like like i know you told us about the one thing like in terms of like just like putting the whole thing down and then chopping for certain things but like if you're really trying to ground it like um any tips like what's your method no i just like I will never break the ground beef up prior to putting it in the heat anymore. Oh yeah, agreed. Yeah. Because I think it like gets it I think it cooks out a lot of the flavor and a lot of the mm-hmm. uh, moisture of the ground beef. I, yeah. I will always just put it in as like you know, you got the styrofoam like tray or whatever, and you just flip it upside down over top of your pan and then kind of peel it off with yeah. the liner and just let it sit there for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I like to season that like I'll like I'll season the top with salt, pepper or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I flip it over. And then like when I pull the um, top off, I put the seasoning on the backside of it. Like as I break it up. So it like the salt and the pepper like get mixed in with all the gravy. Right. Uh-huh. So it like touches every part of it. Um, I think you have to have. You have to have the patience to not cook ground beef on too high a heat. Yeah. Because um, I think it burns yeah. it too quickly, yes. like a medium 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 high heat mm-hmm. to get the sear and then reduce it down as you break it up to kind of just like cook it evenly right like you have to have a little bit of patience because you can cook ground beef really fast but like you know right Agreed. like 12 minutes is better than seven minutes if you're like getting more heat and mm-hmm. like a better consistency as you mix in your other ingredients yeah i like to sear the ground beef and then make a well in the middle of it and add my vegetables and then mince and stir the ground beef back in with the vegetables as they cook mm-hmm. like i'll like i'll take the ground beef and i'll make a hole in the center and i'll put my onions and peppers and celery or whatever it is i'm putting in but usually not celery with ground beef usually it's onions and peppers um mix it in with that and then like mix it together and let it all cook down and is then that I- like your own like little ritual had you seen that when you were younger at some point do you think or like that's nah, just something i started doing i can't yeah. think of if it came from anywhere mm-hmm Um, I do I do the other way around too sometimes depending is I'll okay. put the vegetables in and then I'll take the spoon and I'll um stir out like the middle so the middle is just pan mm-hmm. and put the ground beef in the middle of that and let that cook down and then fold the vegetables in as I chop it up. I've heard people that don't believe in freezing ground beef and then using it later like are you opposed to that like if necessary? I always freeze my ground beef. Yeah. Yeah, I you probably don't, you don't like, like buy it and then like I mean some people like buy it and will only use it like if like within so many days of when it's like well sometimes sometimes Food Lion has those giant like three pound packs of ground beef sure and I'm not going to cook three pounds of ground beef at once sure so I'll like portion out a pound that I'm cooking now and then I'll portion out two other pounds that I wrap in aluminum foil and put in the sure. freezer okay 
You're you use aluminum. You're aluminum per aluminum foil person. Well, than saran wrap. No, no, I do. Um, I do parchment paper around it, and then I wrap that in aluminum foil and put okay. that in the freezer. Right. So when you open it up, like the ground beef is actually touching parchment paper. I don't put anything in saran wrap in the freezer ever. Okay. Always aluminum foil or Ziploc bags in the freezer. Yeah. All right. Any other ground beef opinions you want to get out? <laughs> so, because we're never coming back to ground beef ever again. Yeah, I mean it was a fruitful conversation. I think. Yeah, sure. Um, no, I don't know. I'm not not really comfortable. I've been made uncomfortable by the idea of ground beef for months of doing a ground beef, and it went better than I thought it would. Like, um, I've been trying to avoid it, but. I don't know what it is about ground beef and talking about that makes me uncomfortable. I think it's the it's that pinkness to like the raw ground beef something I'll like skeeves me out. No, I'm I don't know. Not a fan of it. Um, really, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I worked with a guy whose mother in law used to eat raw ground beef as she was cooking. <gasps> oh, oh, oh my god! I know that's what I said too. Oh, oh! You can't tell me that. Oh, Jesus! That is disgusting. Oh. Mm. All right. So, last question. This isn't my question. You know this. You probably know this is coming. In a playful twist, if ground beef could talk, huh. what do you think it would say about the way you cook and eat it? That's, that's some playful twist. You and your fucking chat GPT questions. Um, you sure brown me good, buddy. I hope I'm delicious. I don't know. It's, it's so weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, the AI doesn't understand um, things sometimes, I think. Uh, it's a weird fucking question. I only use two of their questions, um, except for that one. That's the third. Uh, it wasn't very helpful. Um, only in like coming up with meals of this week. <clears throat> but um, all right. So I don't know. We'll figure it out this week. Uh, we have like plotted out the final food chats. Um, it's the final food chat. <laughs> yes. For the rest of the year, to to where food chat is coming to to a, to a clear finish um, as the year goes on, and we only have uh what like thirteen episodes left of the of the chagrin, yeah. So <clears throat> so next week is seventies canon, and Frank is going to choose between like what like one of like four movies or something like that. Yeah, it probably. really is like four movies. Yeah. I I hope that any of them are streaming because I don't recognize some of the titles. So right. We'll see. I can't. Yeah, I can't hopefully. check right now. Tubi. So. <laughs> Tubi will have one of them. Um, Tubi. Tubi always wins. They have a ton of canon stuff. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Yep. Deuces.